0: Uh, the Old Testament reading for this morning is uh, it's an obscure one. It's a, a real deep cut. Uh, Psalm 23 is on page 548 of your pew Bibles. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack for nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord.
1: I think I'm going to read scripture. <laughs> There's only the huge Bible up here, so I need to it. <laughs> I got it I got it. Um, it's nice, actually, to get an opportunity to read scripture. We used to, at our last church, we read um, scripture every week before the sermon, and so this is nice to go back for a second. All right, here we go, John chapter 10, verses 22 through 30. Then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter and Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews who were there gathered around him saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. All right. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you something that just happened. Uh, I was sitting next to Peg, uh, and she saw my manuscript, which looks like this. And uh, she said, Is that your sermon? And I said, Yes. And she said, A lot. <laughs> 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 and then she went, Very honest, Peg, I appreciate it. (laughs) I asked her if I could tell that story. (laughs) Anyway, so when I first uh, read that passage that we just read from John 10, um, I was not very excited to preach about it. Um, I did not love it. I I was upset because the words that Jesus says, like uh, you do not believe because you're not my sheep, they bring up this, like, theological mess for me, um, and it real ratches up my anxiety. Like, is this about, like, predestination or not? Like, and who's in, and who's out? And it's, like, am I in? And how can I be sure? And what about the people that I love? And, like, are some people just not allowed in? And on, you know, and I can follow that trail for a long time, actually. When Tony and I were dating, that is the content of our biggest fights. Uh, seriously, for years. <laughs> um, I, imagine, I, I imagine that some of you respond the same way. Um, so I want to tell you what I learned this week as I studied. Um, so this text takes place in the temple. And Jesus is walking around and, and these people, they come up to him and say, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, just tell us already. Um, and I kind of get that question. Uh, Because there are a lot of times when I wish that God would speak more plainly. Um, And throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus has been plenty enigmatic. He's not always super clear. People misunderstand him a lot. And to add to that, for these people who are asking this question, it's Hanukkah. uh, The festival of dedication. Which is a festival that celebrates the renewal of the temple that was brought about by Judas Maccabeus. So just under 200 years before Jesus, King Antiochus IV had put an image of Zeus in the temple on the altar. Uh, He defiled it, right? You can imagine how horrific this would be for the people of Israel who would not even say the word Yahweh out of respect. Um, And Judas Maccabeus, he led a revolt and he removed the statue, and he rededicated the temple to God. Um, The Jewish people, when they look for a Messiah, they look for a leader like Judas Maccabeus, not afraid of a little violence if it will bring honor to the name of God, someone who will fight in the name of Yahweh and restore Israel's fortunes. So they're in the temple, on Hanukkah in this place called Solomon's Portico, which is also a powerful kind of place. It's where the king would go and make judgments. It's kind of like these people are saying, like, come on, Jesus, we're here. It's Hanukkah. Is there any better time or place for you to fully and finally <coughs> announce that you are going to save Israel? Tell us clearly. Are you the Messiah? Yes or no? and of course by messiah they meant military style like maccabeus and that puts jesus in a really tough spot because for jesus is the messiah so yes but he's not the kind of messiah they were imagining so also no the word means different things to each of them so how does jesus just say it plainly you know we're tired of the nuance and the confusing conversations Give us a clear answer, but there isn't a clear answer. Jesus had been doing lots of things to show who he was while also upsetting their expectations. And sometimes the people have thought, Messiah, and so they tried to make him king. And other times they thought, blasphemer, and they tried to stone him. He didn't really want either of those things. You know, these are some extreme responses to Jesus. And, you know, they'll try to stone him again by the end of this passage you keep reading from where we went, when he says, I am the father, our one, um, they pick up their stones. Jesus is walking this very careful line to try to tell the truth, but slowly enough that they might get it. Or maybe slowly enough that they might get some of it and just keep listening. Like Emily Dickinson said so well, tell all the truth, but tell it slant. Now, sometimes we can't handle all the light at once. We need to let our eyes adjust. And Jesus is trying to help with that adjustment. And because of this tight spot, Jesus doesn't give them the yes or the no that they're looking for. And, and his non-answer is kind of upsetting at first. Um, it's upsetting for, to them for different ways. <laughs> it's upsetting to me, right? He says, I did tell you, but you did not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you're not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they know me, and they follow me. Like I don't know if it gives you the same kind of anxiety it gives me, but it's like all these questions. Like, how do I know if I'm really listening? What if I'm not? What if God tells me something, and I just don't believe it? Like, could I just miss the boat? I just got like a thousand questions that stream out of this and it just like, like I don't wanna read it. Um, Actually, I went through this passage, I know some of you respond the same way as me because I went through this passage with the Tuesday morning Bible study uh, when this came up in the lectionary three years ago uh, and several of the same questions came up. Like how do I know? From seasoned believers, people who I so clearly say like you are a saint of the faith and they were like, well, how do I know if I'm a sheep? Particularly if you are in a season of doubt or struggle, if you're wondering where God is for you, you know, those questions can hit really hard. Maybe I'm just not a sheep. But we all need to just calm down a little bit uh, and listen to what Jesus is actually saying. Um, it took me a while to figure this out, but I think he's actually saying, something very different, almost the opposite of how it seems at first. Um, He is saying you believe because you don't belong. It's not you can't believe because you don't belong and you're not invited, it's more like a description. You actually, you just literally don't, you don't follow me around and you don't listen to what I say all the time and do what I say and that's why you don't believe. Or maybe you could say it like this, Um, if you really want to try, if you really want to find the truth, if you really want to know the answer to your question, the way to get there is to belong. Like that sounds kind of backwards because we usually think like believe first and then like you join the church and you change your life around and you like do it, like do the things in accordance with the belief that you already came up with. But Jesus seems to to be saying, actually, belonging comes first. You don't believe first, you belong first, and that's how you come to believe, And, and maybe the only way. If you want to know the answer to the question, Messiah or not, then you need to join the sheep and try it out. Ask your question from the inside rather than looking in from the outside. Um, When my best friend had her uh, first real heartbreak when we were in high school, you know, she was devastated, as we all are with our first real heartbreak, and I was like a caring friend for a little, (laughs) and then I was like, when is she going to get over this? Because I had never had my heart broken. I had never been in that space. And so watching from the outside, I had no idea what was going on. And then someone broke my heart, and all of a sudden I knew a thing that I hadn't known, even though I had watched it happen to my best friend. And I felt like such a jerk for not being more present with her, but I had been on the outside of that looking in, and I did not understand. And of course she was very present with me through my heartbreak because she knew it from the inside. Or like, before we had a baby, Tony and I were like, they're not even that much work, it's gonna be fine. are <laughs> <laughs> right, I know, I love that laughter. Uh, we had so many opinions about parenting, and so many of them just fell to the floor when we had real kids in front of us, right? And now, honestly, like, I kind of revel when people have their first child, like, now you're going to get it. Uh, <laughs> it's like a little bit vengeful, maybe, but I, I'm just like, you're going to understand because you will be inside this thing, even if you've watched it a thousand times. I felt the same way when I became a pastor. Like, I used to sit, <laughs> I didn't know I was going to be a pastor at this point, but I used to sit in church and be like angry. Like, if I was the pastor of a church, it would be like this. Like, No, it wouldn't. (laughs) Like all my self-righteous indignation, I had no idea what it is to lead a community of faith as we try to follow Jesus. Some things you just cannot understand from the outside. And our faith is like that. There's a certain amount that you can grasp by learning the stories, by talking theology, But faith is not information. It's not signing your name on a list of beliefs. It is a relationship of trust. And that's a thing you can only know from the inside. The trust required in this is a thing that can only be built when you participate. If you want to really learn to trust the shepherd, you've got to You've gotta be part of the flock. You've gotta listen and follow. That's why we talk about obedience. That's how you learn the ways of God. Sometimes you don't understand it and you have to do it first. And people sometimes talk about a leap of faith and I don't think it's a leap, actually. I think it's like a very small step It's like taken really hesitantly, and then you maybe find that it's firm, and so you take one more. It's not like you jump all the way from not knowing anything about Jesus to believing everything and trusting completely. That's why it's so silly when people get so upset about doubts. We're all just finding our next step in whatever our circumstances are bringing to us. Sheep are very scared creatures. Uh, I used to work at a farm, and we had three male sheep that we kept in one pen. Uh, we had a bunch of female sheep also, uh, but the three male sheep made me laugh so much. Because they had quite a bit of space for just the three of them, like maybe the size of this sanctuary. And they would stand, all three of them pressed together, like just like, looking at the world and stuck as close as they could. And if you came close to them, they would all three run all together away from you. Uh, (laughs) They were very scared. Um, But shepherds get to know their sheep and the sheep get to know their shepherds. Strangers like me will easily terrify the sheep, but they will be quite intimate with someone they know. Um, I read that in some places, shepherds will, like all the shepherds will gather, this is actually a story from Palestine, but they gather at the same watering hole at the end of the day, and all the flocks kind of mingle together as they drink water. But each shepherd has a distinct call, like maybe a click, maybe a couple of notes. And when the flock, that shepherd's flock hears their sound, they will come out of the crowd and meet their shepherd. So the shepherds don't have to worry that they won't keep track because the shepherds know the voice, or the sheep know the voice of their shepherd, and they follow. But like, I'm sure you can imagine this. I don't think we normally think about the part right before that, but that doesn't happen automatically, right? Like, it's not like a, they hear it the first time and go like, "Oh, that's my shepherd. I'm gonna trust it." Um, it takes hearing that sound over and over, maybe not recognizing it several times. It takes a 100 trips to green pastures and quiet waters to learn to trust. It's only in walking through the dark valley over and over, being protected over and over, that we learn to take comfort that the shepherd is there. You've got to try it to learn to trust it. That's just how trust works, right? Like, if you're going to put your weight on something, you might, like, first put your hand on it, give it a little shake, then maybe, like, that seems good. You might, like, climb on top, like, one foot, maybe both feet, maybe, like, bounce, like, is this going to hold me if I move? And then maybe you're tense for a bit, and then you relax. When you know it can hold you, you have to try and test it and each, each action leads you to trust it a little bit more. Trust happens slowly through testing. And that's particularly true if this thing that you're testing looks different than a thing that you've seen before, if it's new, if it's somehow outside your expectations. Jesus was not the kind of Messiah that people were expecting. And for all of us, Jesus' ways are so different than the ways of the world. Just completely upside down. We have to learn to trust it. And it's not really a thing that you can understand from the outside. You gotta start to put your weight on it. You gotta follow if you want to believe. Even once you're part of the flock, Right, you gotta have some experiences, maybe some that are scary. I mean, definitely some that are scary and some that are painful before you will learn how to trust. I think that's what the whole life of faith is, building that relationship of trust by walking through your life with Jesus that you learn. It's only by following that you learn how good the shepherd really is. And you know what's great about it is we don't even have to get it right. Um, That's why the shepherd carries a crook, right? That's the grace of this metaphor. Sheep are not the wisest of animals. They often get lost or fall in holes. Um, And the shepherd is there to bring them back. That's like their job. Um, (laughs) Have you ever watched that uh, YouTube video with the sheep that like is stuck in the hole? Is, and nobody's nodding, I can't believe this. Okay, this is your spiritual exercise uh, for this week. You uh, get to search sheep falls in ditch and then watch the video. Uh, the sheep is like in this crevice. It's like not a regular ditch, it's like a, I don't know what it is, culvert? I don't know what you call it. Anyway, it's in a very narrow, deep ditch. And it's stuck in there, and this, somebody pulls it out by its leg. And then it's like excited, and it runs around, and then jumps immediately right back in the ditch. <laughs> and of course, of course, you know the person's not like, OK, fine, I'm done with you, right? They're going to go get it again, because that's what a shepherd does. You can watch that video and take it as grace for your own self. Because listen to this. This is lovely. Even our wanderings and our mistakes become part of our learning to trust. This is how we learn the goodness of the shepherd, that we mess it up and the shepherd still comes for us. At the very end of this little discourse, um, Jesus does give a very clear answer to the question. He says, I and the Father are one, for which they start to pick up stones, but... Jesus, the Good Shepherd, is no less than God Almighty, come to lead you through this life and with care and the attention of a shepherd who will notice if you're gone, who will know you by name, who will speak to you in... Um, I didn't, this is not in my manuscript, but I'm gonna say this, I brought this page just in case I wanted to. Um, I, uh, I made a list of the ways this week as I was kind of processing through this passage myself, and I think this is another good exercise, you can watch the video and do this, uh, slightly more, like, spiritual exercise. Um, I made a list of how do I, how have I heard in the past, how have I heard the voice of Jesus? And I expected my list, like I was expecting it to be short, like, oh, I should give a couple of examples, like scripture, and like, you know, sometimes in your prayers, and maybe someone said something nice to you. Um, I expected it to be short, and I don't know if you can see this tiny writing here with like more writing in the thing. I will read you my list. Um, It does include those things that I mentioned, but every one of these, sometimes it's like general because there were several times that this has happened, and sometimes it's very specific because it is a specific story. And I did not expect this list to be this long. Um, And maybe you don't have a list that's this long, and that's fine. That's when you get to start uh, listening. But I bet your list is longer than you expect. Um, So I have here scripture, and then in prayer. Sometimes I get like pictures, so that's in there. I've had a dream that felt to me like it was from God. So these are kind of the regular ones, and then I was like, oh, yeah, My friend Tommy said that thing once that was directly to me. Oh, and then that cattail and a heron and a goose, and the voices of others, particularly a couple of people from this prayer group I was in, um, the bottom, actually misreading the letters on the bottom of my bottle of antidepressants, um, that experience of holy laughter, which I've told you about before, in my own um, writing, like the work of working out my writing, in the preaching of others, in other people's books, in music, in nature, in coincidence, in surprising help, like help that comes in surprising ways, in some, a couple of police officers, in some water that was splashed on my car, in the care of the church, in the care of friends, my counselor, my children, uh, several boys that I had crushes on, made the list, uh, (laughs) and my husband. Uh, (laughs) I did have a crush on him too. still do Um, themes when like something just keeps coming up in my life Uh, so through themes that I find um, through poetry through sex through sometimes the time I woke up in the morning that's actually a surprising one that's when I started going to church is because I consistently kept waking up just in time to get out the door and I was like maybe that means I should go and so I did I was like 16 or something. Um, Watching other people take communion, watching someone hold a baby, professor, a coworker, children's Bible stories, my cousin, a podcast, a comedian, a statue, a sense of calm, working in the garden, Lake Michigan, that's a very specific story, Uh, oranges, other people's testimony, a phone call from my mom that I think might've saved my life, um, like randomly, money that has come to us in weird ways, A bus driver in Sweden. That's my whole list that I came up with. But kind of off the top of my head. Like, because the shepherd might call your name through a bus driver in Sweden, or through a heron, or through a wave in Lake Michigan. And that's for real. And like, do I get it wrong sometimes? Some of those I probably made up. Maybe that was just me being a little nuts. There's so many. The shepherd will call you. And you can learn to listen for that voice. That image of the shepherd also calls us back to images that God gives for God's self in the Old Testament, um, which we heard, you know, in Psalm 23. Uh, But I think this particular one from Ezekiel 34 might be helpful for those of you who are not sure that you can trust God because you have been hurt by the church. Um, Ezekiel 34 begins, or this passage in Ezekiel 34 begins with God calling out um, the leaders at the time, the religious leaders at the time, it says, woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. And then God goes on to say, I myself will search for the sheep. I will look after them. I will search for the lost and bring in the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. I will shepherd the flock with justice. And we know because of the cross just how far God will go to do that. He is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And if you listen, If you take time to learn to recognize the shepherd's voice, you will hear him call you. And maybe you won't recognize it at first and maybe you'll get it wrong. You probably will, but that's okay. The shepherd knows you and will keep bringing you back. Listen for the voice of the shepherd and follow it when you hear it. The good shepherd who will lead you to green pastures and quiet waters and along the right paths and through the darkest of valleys. Let's pray together. God, may may you teach us who you are and teach us your goodness. And in every moment of every day, may we learn to listen for your voice. Lord, may we know the one who calls us back to life, who comforts and cares for us, um, who so much longs to bring us back—that um, you came to us in Jesus and bore even the cross. Lord, may we learn to hear your voice. In Jesus' name. Amen.